in today's show. I'm here live on YouTube. I'm taking your questions. I'm providing answers. Michael Bolton, he's here. He probably won't answer anything, though. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Basketball is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965. Maccas has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. So get your cheesies and send a big thank you out to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Thank you to you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Hello to everyone here in the YouTube chat. We're going to smash into questions. Let's get them straight away. Um, all right. Caesar, Aquiza, do I drop Mallow for Pat Beverly? Yes. I've been talking about Mallow for a long time as being a guy that's going to trend down. He's trending down. Pat Beverly's trending up. That's a pretty easy one for me. Um, King Carew. Josh, who are some players you would target if you were trying to sell high on Porzingis in nine category leagues, worried about his injuries? You should be worried. And it's going to make it hard to sell high because of people know that reputation of Porzingis. I think in a lot of cases, the you know, you're holding on to him and riding out literal potential top 15 production and with that risk of injury is better than trading him and maybe getting a top 50 player back. Like who's the best guy you could get? Could you get Rashawn Holmes? Maybe. Is Rashawn Holmes as good as Christos Porzingis' best day? No, not even close. Could you get Drew Holiday? I'd consider that. Could you get De'Aaron Fox? I don't even know if I'd do it. Could you get... I don't know. Like, who could you even get for Puzingas at this point? So, you know, the, the likelihood of trading him, you're getting rid of him and getting like a top 55 guy back, right? Versus holding him. And if he stays healthy, you've got a top 15 player. I reckon I'd probably just hold. I wouldn't want to give him up for anyone who's not top 30 and you're probably not going to be able to do it. But... He is not guaranteed to miss you know, months. He might. He will. Maybe. He probably could. But he's not guaranteed to. So you've got to work out that risk-benefit ratio there of, am I trading back 40 spots in case he doesn't play? But what if he does? I wouldn't do it personally unless I'm getting that, um, unless I'm getting that good, uh, good value back. Um, Brian M is... Grayson Allen a drop? He will be a drop. Is he a drop at the moment? No. Um, the usage was very low in that game, and he didn't shoot well. If he had a shot a bit better, and the minutes were still all right, like it would have been okay. It was always going to get squeezed when Middleton came back. I'd like to see two to three more games of how he produces when Middleton's there. But even if you go back to the start of the season when Middleton and Drew played those first couple of games, he had that one big one, and then he didn't do anything. And then it took Middleton going out for him to really fire up. So if there is a hot free agent out there and you did want to drop Grayson Allen, I don't think it's the wrong move. I probably would like to hold a little bit, at least until we see what happens over the next two to three, or if you can hold until DiVincenzo comes back, but it might just be a period, like blatantly obvious 
that Grayson needs to go uh, with Middleton back in action. Loading 224 says, what is my all-time top 10? Now, I don't think I've ever done one of those. Um, so I don't actually know. I know that, you know, obviously LeBron and Jordan are one and two. I personally probably do have LeBron just a small amount ahead of Jordan, but goes back and forth. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Kevin Durant's in there probably. Steph's in there. Um, yeah, Magic's in there. I don't know. I've never done a an overall top 10. I probably should do it at some point. Jordan Kim, that's a very broad question. Is Brandon Clark worth picking up? And the answer is maybe. I don't know what league you're in. If you're in a 12-team league, then no. If you're in a 16-team league, then probably yes. Um, so, yeah, look, that, that, that's very hard to know. David Jong Lee, is Taylor Horton Tucker going to sustain with LeBron James back? Well, no, because he's not going to be able to have that level of usage that he's having, which is like higher than Davis and Westbrook. But can he still be useful? Yeah, of course. If they play him 32 minutes a night, which they 100% should, then he is going to be valuable. He just won't be this valuable. Alan Sagoon. Josh, I love your shirt. Any idea what the shirt is, Alan? Can we have some merch, please? I don't control the merch possibilities. I will throw it out to people um, up the chain a little bit and see what happens. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Bobby J. Is Kelly Lenick or Thomas Bryant worth stashing? I assume you mean in injured reserve. Um, a Linick, sure, I would have a Linick over Bryant. I just don't see where Bryant fits in with Gafford and Harrell. Like, where does Bryant even play? Is he better than Gafford? Is he better than Harrell? I'd say the answer to the Harrell one is no. And to Gafford, it's probably no as well. So does he even play? I don't know how they're going to run that thing. How long should you wait on Derek White in a 10-man points league? Well, Taylor, we saw last game like he was good, right? So he's not as good in a points league as a category league, for sure. In the 10-man, it is pretty iffy. I would like to see a couple more games in a row. But you should be able to tell me what your settings are. Like, is he the 130th best player currently? Is he 150th in your sort of settings? And if he is like the 150th guy, he probably projects maybe to be like the 110th best guy, best case scenario. So in a 10-team league with settings like that, then maybe it's not worth even bothering to hold uh, through that. Kevin Charles. This is first time hopping on live call. Hello, my guy. In a 10-team league, is Nikhil Alexander-Walker a drop? He's all over the place and frustrating. He's all over the place. He just had a massive game. Uh, yeah, dropping him after a 24-point performance would be pretty rough, I reckon. You should have drafted him understanding that the field goal percentage would be rough. I would be inclined to hold. 10-team leagues do make it harder to consider that. And you know, who, who are you replacing him with off the wire? That's always the question. Like You can say drop, but are you replacing him with like Patrick Beverly? Like the upside in Alexander Walker is higher. So you need to consider that. I would be loath to drop him personally at this point. This is a tough one, um, Jeremy Tupapa. Do I see Tyrese Maxey being a top 100 player? If Ben Simmons doesn't play or get traded, then yes. If either of those two things happen, Simmons plays or Simmons is traded, then no. I think he should still be rostered. And we're going to see a big drop-off from Maxi when Embiid returns. I feel pretty confident about that. He's shooting like 50% from three, playing 40 minutes a night with good usage. And those three things are not going to continue. And then you throw in the added element of Simmons or a Simmons replacement coming back. And I would doubt that if Simmons is traded, it's for someone to come in and be Maxi's backup. Like the players they get back in a Simmons deal, it's not going to be, well, we want a 15-minute-a-night player. 
So there are a couple of things that really do point against Tyrese Maxey. Can, he can obviously still be top 100, pretty obviously, but a lot of things need to change or need to happen um, for that to be the case for him. Guys, prize picks is NBA DFS made easy. It's the best NBA DFS prop game on the market because they don't just use the superstar players. Even the bench guys getting limited minutes you can use on prize picks. Prize picks any, offers any prop you can imagine. Blocks, assists, steals, threes, points, whatever it is, they've got it. And when you go to sign up, if you use the promo code NBA, you've got to use that promo code NBA, you can get a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. So how Price Picks works, you get two to five players, pick their over-unders, combine them all together, and it's just you versus the predictions. And you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. Price Picks also allows mixed sport entry, so you can throw one in for Thursday night football along with the Thursday night NBA games. You can use the app, you can use the website. Entries can be done in 60 seconds or less and withdrawals are safe and fast. So don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Let's get back into your questions. These sort of questions, I don't know how to answer it. Like Zishan Ahmed, what do I do with Miles Turner? Like nothing. He was on the sell high show the other day. You should have tried to sell high now. He's had two bad games in a row. Maybe you buy low, but otherwise you just do nothing. You don't trade him after he's had two bad games. Owen Kinduris. Do I think Michael Porter Jr. will bounce back and start playing better after his injury? Well, it does appear that his injury was impacting the way he played to begin this year. Couldn't hit twos, couldn't hit threes, couldn't hit his free throws. Usage was down and now yeah, he's out. I have no idea when he's coming back. Right, but I would assume that if they are resting him and his back gets better, then yes, he will improve pretty significantly. If that was, in fact, the reason that he was so far down. Okay. Alex Rodriguez. A-Rod. At what point should we drop Kevin Porter Jr.? I have a top team, but he's hurting me in three of nine categories. Well, if you've got a top team and you're winning with him being shithouse, then what's the worry? It, it cannot get worse for Porter. And I know I keep saying that, but it can't be worse. So if you're winning and he's playing like this, then literally the only direction it can go is up. Are you missing out on hot free agents because you didn't um, grab him? Or so because you didn't drop him? That's, that's, I don't know, a question only you can answer. But it can't get worse for him. I wouldn't have believed. Uh, Mama Yama, can I expect, or can you expect, can we expect Nasir Little to finish the season as a top 100 player? No, I don't think top 100 is accurate for him. Will he continue pushing Robert Covington for minutes? Yes, I do think he will do that. Um, what have, What's Little ranked so far this year? 152nd in 22 minutes. That's that's impressive. Top 100 is a big stretch though, and I wouldn't um, I wouldn't expect him to get there. What exactly is monster basketball? Basketball monster for a start, Alfredo. How would it benefit me? Well, in lots of ways. We have robust um, members. There's a lots of chat about players. I write comments and on every single game, commenting on players with sell, buys, drops, ad recommendations. Plus, there's projections for every single NBA player on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a season-long basis. You can check the rankings. You can check the forward projections. We have the trade tool to analyze trades. You analyze your team. You have projected standings. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it, but how would it benefit me? It just helps you look at the strengths and weaknesses of your team, who to pick up, who to add, who to drop, how trades impact your team, all that sort of stuff. Is Brunson a sell high? Yes, but no one will buy it. Like With Doncic out, his numbers are going to go up, but no one's going to buy it. 
again, it's one of those ones I just rather um, hold on to. Kevin Hape says, Cat for Beal and Holmes. It's always Cat. It's always Cat. Ian Gallimay, is Killian Hayes' role secure? Role is in starting point guard? Yes, I believe so. Minutes, they'll be up and down. I think you'll get 27 to 30 most nights. Um, I know you think Corey Joseph shouldn't get minutes. He shouldn't. It should be Saban Lee getting those backup minutes. I think Killian Hayes' role is basically secure. Yes. Um, PJ Washington, truly legend, says, PJ Washington or Devin Vassell? I will take Vassell personally. I think he's got a better path to minutes at this point. Nikki Gogol, any news on whether the, the knee of the Rock DJ is a serious injury? No, I don't believe it is a serious injury. That's my understanding. All right. Ricky Flores, where do I find advanced stats like Raptor and and War? If you don't know what Raptor is, I really highly recommend you read up. It's from 538, and I am going to, in the chat here, post the link to the Raptor rankings, and I'll post the link to the other, a bunch of other advanced stats as well. All right, so in there is Raptor at the moment. I'm going to throw in Darko now. I'm going to throw in EPM which is another um, advanced stat uh, that you can use. And, and Raptor, Raptor and Raptor War, they're both on the 538 site. And it's yeah, so a Darko, Raptor, EPM. Um, there's a new one called Drip, which I need to look into a little bit more. And then LeBron, which hasn't released for this season yet. They are all the best, in my opinion, all in one metrics. So I've just linked Darko, I've linked EPM, and I've linked Raptor in there for you. If you are you know, listening on the audio, you can go and um, go and have a look at that, or maybe I'll put it in the description as well. I don't know how to pronounce this name. Is was Kai Oxy Nurkic or Edwards in a points league, mate? I got no idea. You tell me. You're in the points league. What are they averaging? What's your points league? Is it Yahoo default, ESPN default, Fantrax default, CBS default, some other exotic concoction that you have? I think in almost every case, it's going to be Anthony Edwards. But you have a look. Is Edwards averaging thirty and Nurkic twenty? Are they averaging thirty apiece? I don't know. Tom B, do I see Kobe White becoming a 12-team player in a points league? No, I don't. I, I just, I, I don't. I don't see him. He's not like, he's not good enough. I don't think for a start. He's not that good of a player. And there's just too many guys there. Caruso, Levine, Lonzo, um, Javante Green's getting minutes. He'll push up into low 20s minutes, but I don't think it's going to be enough to make him worth holding onto this. We get these questions every, every week, and so obviously the message doesn't come through, but that's fine. Joe Cab says, Yahoo Default League. Do I trade away Randall or Holt? Why would you trade away someone when they are playing the worst they have in two years? All right. Can it get worse from here for Randall is the question that I will ask you. I know what the answer is, but think to yourself over the next two months, how much worse, does it get worse for Randall? And the answer to that should be pretty obvious. No. Now, will Randall head, head to the heights of last year? Probably not as well. But the immediate reaction that people tend to have, oh my God, this guy's dreadful. I have to trade him away. What do you think the person's getting him is going to think? Well, I can get this guy for a bargain now and not pay anywhere near the value that this guy has because he stinks. Like it's it's no no point doing that. What do you do with Christian Woods? Well, a good question, Danny, because he's shit house at the moment. He can't hit shots. He's pouting. He's not blocking shots. I do think that he is a hold. But come back to me in 10 days' time, and if nothing has changed, I reckon he might, he might end up being a drop. Because if I was the Rockets, I'd be trading him straight away. And I know I say don't trade low on guys, but that's fantasy. Like, in the NBA, his contract is good enough and useful enough for other teams that you can get something back. 
And he's not helping you do anything for Houston this year. He's 26. He's not on your you know, timeline of being good in three years. He'll be 29. He's not an elite player where he's going to be able to maintain great value. I'd be looking to... And he's going to leave in free agency anyway, would be my guess. So I'd be looking to move on from him if I was Houston. And I would hold in fantasy, but it could very easily go the other direction. Um, all right, Abul Rahman, Abul Rahman. Is Boucher must-have now after Raptor injuries? All right, let me phrase it to you this way. Was Boucher a must-roster player when Pascal Siakam was out? And the answer to that question was no. Right, can he be useful with OG Ananobi out? The answer is probably going to be no. But, but, the fact that the big sneeze is also out, Precious Achua, means that you'll get Birch at center and you'll probably have to get Boucher getting some backup center minutes. So for at least like one game while Achua is out, then I think there might be something in Boucher. So I don't mind taking a flyer on him. But again, look at how the Raptors were when Siakam was out. And it's going to be basically the same thing with Ananobi out, I would imagine. You'll get... I don't think they're going to insert Goran Dragic into the starting lineup. I don't think they're going to insert Delano Banton into the starting lineup. I don't think they're going to insert Chris Boucher into the starting lineup. I think it'll be Ken Birch that moves in. You'll get Barnes to the three, Siakam to the four. You'll get Achua playing the backup minutes behind Birch, or he might end up starting when he's healthy. And Boucher will get some backup minutes there in the 17 to 20 range, would be my guess. But if Achua and Ananobi are both out, then Boucher might play 24, and it might be useful. That's how I would be approaching um, that situation. Well, that, that's how I would expect it to go. But we'll get a decent indication today when they play the Jazz and, of course, OG isn't there. Thanksgiving is just around the corner. And we know what that means. It means food. It means family. It means delicious desserts. But delicious desserts are full of calories and full of sugar. Why don't you be the hero of your Thanksgiving dinner and bring boxes of built Bars for everybody? Guys, Thanksgiving is saved. I'm here with my box of delicious built Bars. They're low fat, low carb, low sugar, but high in protein. And guess what? They're covered in 100% real chocolate. 100% real chocolate, you say, Josh? I do say that, in fact. It is 100% real chocolate, and these flavors are amazing. So instead of your slice of pie, which is 400 calories at least, minimum, it's going to go through the roof. Why do you have a 130-calorie built Bar? And then you can smash more turkey and more. What else do you guys have? Yams. So what you have with Thanksgiving? Have that and save on the dessert budget with your built Bars. The flavors are amazing, and there's new ones releasing all the time. So check out Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you can save 15% off. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. Okay, let's go to some more questions from you blokes and girls. Josh, have you seen the new Spider-Man trailer? I have not. I've deliberately avoided it. Tom B, is Dennis Schroeder a sell high? Yes, he is. Because when Jalen Brown comes back, his value will dip. He absolutely is a sell high. Whether you can do it or not is another question. I don't think you'll be able to, but I will be trying it. Um, the Bockism. How would you play in a 13-category league? You've got to punt hard in one a league like that. Oh, holy shit, you've got some terrible categories, though. Oh, my God. So you've added minutes as a category? Ugh. Field goals, mate. Uh, free throws, mate. Uh, Three-point percentage. Good category. How do you play? Like, it's impossible to be good in 13 categories. You have to punt categories there. Um, I wouldn't be punting minutes. I know that much. Um, it, it is tough. You have to you, ha- you have to look at... 
yeah, you have to just look at a couple of categories that relate together. Maybe three-point percentage, three-pointers made. I, I don't know. But you, you have to punt probably three of those categories, I would be guessing. I don't know what that means, potential targets for Nurk. Uh, Achua's out a week at least. There you go. So yeah, there is some short-term value there in uh, in Boucher, but it's not a long-term thing. We had the question earlier about Rob Williams. He is questionable for um, Friday's game. So that is uh, that's useful to know. So that yeah, that Grant Williams stream situation is not ideal. Where did this news on Achua come through? Because I have not seen that. I'm just going to go search that up and see where it says about um, Precious. The big sneeze. Where is um? Where is that news on him? It's pretty shit about Ananobi with that hip in injury. It's going to be weeks where he's out. Maybe three, four weeks. Don't know exactly. I would guess. I'm guessing three weeks, which is obviously just shit house. Um, all right, let's have a look. The only thing I've seen on pressure, I haven't seen his out a week that he is just being ruled out today. So if we do know about him being out for a week, let me know. Or is that um, is that just fake news? Have I considered that Nurkic's minutes are low when they're uh, going against small ball lumps? I hate that word versing. It's not a real word. I hate how it's become part of the language. It's not a real word at all. Um, coaches publicly said during press conferences, Nance is their small ball center. Yes, they ha have said that. Nurkic's minutes, they do go down against, they do go down against small ball lineups for sure. But let's go through and have a look at the history of what has happened for Nurkic. So he played 23 minutes against the small ball bulls, 18 against the Raptors. But he played 21 against the Jokic and the Nuggets. That was a blowout. Uh, 29 against the Rockets. Was that Wood and Tice, they're sort of big. I don't know. 19 against the Suns, against JaVale McGee. That's not small ball. Yeah, 27 against the Clippers. Yeah, Zubats and Hartenstein. 22 against DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, and Anthony Davis for the Lakers. So it doesn't always 100% marry up. 23 minutes against Sabonis and Turner. So while we can look at the 23 against the Bulls because it was small ball, that's fine. But it, it's not the way it goes in, in every game. So it's it's nice in theory, but it doesn't always work yeah, as cleanly as that. Um, Mark... Schneiss. Third straight game, Jared Allen is missing due to illness. At what point did Yahoo make him IL eligible? If I understood that, right, if I knew the way that they decide to do that, I'd make a million dollars. They have absolutely no consistency in what they do. That's why I always am going to suggest that IL plus needs to be what you use instead of IL. Um, what they did say, and they've never followed, but they did say if a player is out for a week or is ruled out for a week, not games, but for a week, then they'll put them on IL. But they've they've screwed that up so many times this year that it's hard to trust. But that is literally what Yahoo told me, that it is they have to be either out for a week or ruled out for a week in advance before they'll get that tag, which again is just stupid bullshit. That's why IL Plus has to be the way that you go. Joshua Nocon, do I think a must roster player, for example, Eric Bledsoe, is more important than a streaming slot? It depends on what point of the season we're in. If we're in this point of the season, then yes. Not that Bledsoe is really the best example because like he's more, he's someone you should add, but he's probably more fringe than anything. But when you get towards the end of the year and in playoffs, a streaming spot is more important than your 12th best player. It's it's just way more important. Um, let's have a look. Can Gafford be a top 100 player this year? Mac Attack says. If he is, it'll be really the back end of the top 100, like in the 95 to 100 range. He can do it, but I'm not sure he'll get there. All right. 
Izzy Ravak. He said, I'm in first place. I have four injured guys, Ananobi, Zion, Markin, and Barton, but I don't have any streaming spots since my worst players are Suggs and Beverly. Would you stream any of these spots? Would well, you need to, Izzy? Like, Barton's going to be back really soon. Uh, Markin's going to be back really soon. You're winning anyway. Like, in a situation where you were losing and all this was happening, then, yeah, I'd say, you know what? Drop Suggs. I know I said to hold him, but in a situation like that, I'd say drop him. But you're winning. You're going to get two of those guys back really soon. So I probably would just hold. Okay. What else have we got here? Is Killian Hayes a 14-team hold? Absolutely he is, yeah. Max Andrews says, where's the Baconator? I don't know where he's playing. Maybe he's in Europe. I don't know where he is. Maybe he's in the G League. He might be within the next G League team. The Archives says, do I drop or hold Kemba? I, I talked about this yesterday's show. I think in a 10-team league, you would drop him. Um... I think in a um, hmm. I think in a 12-team league, you have to consider it. It would really depend to me who I'd be adding in that position. But it's not looking great for him. And always you've got to think of what's, what's, the, what's the downside of me dropping him and him improving? Does he become the 95th best player? How much does that burn me? Who am I? What opportunity cost am I giving up by holding on to him? And I think in a lot of cases, you answer that's going to be, I think I'll be okay dropping. I don't really know how to answer this, but I'm going to try anyway. The Bok is, and what's your opinion on two-for-one trades? What is the most efficient way of doing it? In general, you want the one side in a two-for-one deal nearly every time. It, do, it does make it hard to do, but people will often get overwhelmed by seeing the two players. Um, what's the most efficient way of doing it? It's just throwing those offers out into discussions and trying to... You know, provide you can't provide just two shit guys for one great guy. It's gonna be two solidly good players, but it's just about trying to bamboozle your opponent, I guess, with volume versus value. That's a good phrase. Where will Thomas Bryant fit? I asked that answer already. I got literally no idea. All right, we're getting to the end of this. Jokin Chu is a good question. I like this question. Um, what's your favorite part about what you do? How do I keep things interesting day in day out? I don't think I've ever really thought about what my favorite part of what I do is. Um, let's not get this wrong. This is like hard work. And I know it doesn't seem like it. I sit at home and talk in front of a camera and into a microphone and, and write stuff up. But it's long da days, man. Like it is. Like I wake up at 6 every day, sometimes 5.30 every day and go through till 6 every day and then probably do more work between like 7 and 8 anyway. So it's yeah, long days, 7 days a week, 6 months straight. And then you're doing a lot of prep stuff in the off season as well. My favorite part is that it's something that's a hobby that I've turned into a job. Um, and I love looking at numbers and I love watching sport and I love watching players and development and trying to understand things. It's always a challenge trying to understand what's going on. So I think that's a great part of it. What's interesting day in, day out? Well, the NBA is interesting day in, day out. There's always things changing every day and trying to get a grasp on that. Interacting with a great community as well, like all you guys here in the live stream, the 45,000 YouTube subs, all the people who listen to the podcast, you know, the 2 million people who watch and listen to shows every month. You know, it's, it's awesome being able to interact with so many people and have the vast majority of them be uh, reasonable and informative and intelligent. It's great. So that's probably one of the best things as well is, is watching the sport, talking about it, but having like a great community attached with it. Um, what else have we got? C CD2K. I've mentioned that Garland could be a sell high. From what I've seen, he's their go-to guy for them lately. Absolutely, he is. He is their go-to guy. 
I think he's great. You know that before this season, I said he is their best player. Mobley might be their best player, but I think Garland's their best player. And I've said that for a while, right? But what he's doing at the moment is he's playing big minutes with advanced usage because there are guys... Now, he is their go-to guy and he will remain that. But Allen has to come back. Mobley will come back. Sexton, I don't know if he'll come back or when he comes back. And Markinen has to come back. So while he will remain the number one guy, will he remain the number one guy taking 24 shots a game? Or will he remain the number one guy taking 19 shots a game or 18 shots a game? And will he play 40 minutes or will he play 33 and a half? That's what I mean by sell high. Can he be a top 50 guy this season? Like 100%, like very easily. But sell high means he's a top 25 guy at the moment with everyone out. If you get a top 25 guy back, that's a win. Otherwise, enjoy the bump and then expect a drop-off. That's how I'd be viewing him. Do I play fantasy football? I do not. All right, we're going to do one more question. I don't know what question it's going to be. Let's just go through. That's a good question, Stilianos. I don't know the answer to that just at this point. Um, it said, who is the top five most commonly referenced as he's a bucket dog plays? Dylan Brooks. He's probably one of them. I don't know who else would be in there. Um, all right. Last question. Does Alex Caruso keep up his production? To a degree, yes. But the last two games have been outsized from him, so I wouldn't expect that. But he is a must-roster player. Last question, do I own Locked On? No, I don't. David Locke owns Locked On. He started the Locked On Network back in, what, 2015, I think. Um, So no, I don't own it. All right, that will do it for us today. Appreciate everybody being here. It's been great, again, with the mailbag. I'll be back with a pregame show later on today. And uh, we'll talk DFS, we'll talk bets, we'll talk all that sort of stuff in there. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Hit a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.